for the first time ever, Locked On Wolverines has gone international. That's right. We are on the road. We are in the wonderful country of Canada, which Chris Ballas here and I have liberated this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Saturday, as promised. We have a special guest this episode. We're going to have an extravaganza here in the international version. Well, it was international. We conquered we Canada. Did. Yeah, we've liberated these people. We've got a couple guys back here that uh, were very happy to see they, us. They so. treated us as liberators, at least. They did, yeah. Uh, so. Didn't really have a lot of resistance. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverine's Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. This is the Wolverine senior editor. Chris Ballas joining us for the first time. Yeah. Clayton's come on a couple times. Oh, has he really? He's been on before me? Because he it's begged. Disappointing. He okay. begged. All right. He, he doesn't want anyone to know that. He begged to come I on. I bet he did, yeah. So uh, we brought him on anyway uh, and let him act like, oh, uh, you, you were an invited guest, Clayton. Welcome, right. you know. Yeah, He, he was yeah. more like, well, you know, you, I mean, you, you know his face. Like, hey, I'm just happy to be here, man. I got to tell you, we've got, how many times have we asked you to join us mm-hmm. over the years? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, very few that I respect as much as you in the business. Well, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, thank so, you. I mean, yeah. that, 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 that feeling goes one way. It goes this way to this way. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, I, I, I've said, if, I know you haven't watched, we, haven't, we don't usually watch each other's stuff. I do watch occasionally when yeah. I get it, you know, when it's not like a crazy hectic time. But if, if you watched the, the podcast or listened to the podcast, you would have heard many a time me saying I am a paid subscriber yes. of the Wolverine. Yeah, we, the we love your one. posts on there on the message board and your interactions. The, our subscribers love you, and uh, it's been fantastic. Except man. the ones who have no idea who I am, and then I, I outed they're like, you. Who's, who's this doofus it, out then there? Then I outed you, and then it, everything <laughs> changed, and we got so many more subscribers because of it. You know? Yeah, so exactly. I say a whole hangs out here. Yeah, you know, so. that's, a, that's a lie, but I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, but, so we've had a really busy week. It's the first week of uh, full-on press conferences. I mean, the season is really here yeah uh since this is your first time give me your kind of thirty thousand foot view of what you kind of expect yeah you know what it's funny because we were just i was just writing an article about the top five position groups and i started it out by saying in the past this was an easier exercise because there were a couple that stood out and then you had question marks about the other ones and we had four michigan guys here going back and forth that know the program pretty well they're trying to figure out okay what's number one two three four five and and how do you leave out six and seven right if you got tight ends at six and you've got two guys that they love and colston loveland and aj barner who has been fantastic then it's pretty hard but you've got star power the thing that i've that i've really noticed is you've got star power at every position but then you've got the depth at every position like the 1990s and and speaking to people who've been around the program a long time they said it's got that 1990s feel again where there's so much talent but when you've got leaders like jj mccarthy and trevor keegan and zach zinter and chris jenkins who are you know what your your best leaders have to be your hardest workers is the cliche and these guys are it's so much fun blake Horam. For mm-hmm. God's sake, Donovan Edwards, you know, I could go right down the list. And then you've got the young talent like Will Johnson. You've got Rod Moore, who nobody talks about, mm. who is just a fantastic safety. Might be the best safety in the country. Yeah, and it's, it's, I think it's, he's underrated. There's it, no question. It's funny when you look at just like, you know, because that, that's the thing with no-star defense and things of that nature is that you get this situation where you've got all of these, yeah, players like Rod Moore might be the best safety in the country. He's not going to get the same type of hype as a guy from Clemson, a guy from Alabama, a guy right. from LSU. 
Uh, I mean, obviously the Southern schools get a lot of hype. I mean, heck, sure. even the Ohio State gets a lot of hype. And, you know, people look at, like, a guy like Lathan Ransom and say, oh, that's that's a really good guy. And then you see him out there on on an island against Cornelius Johnson and what happens. Right. right? And uh, so it, it's these Michigan guys, because they aren't necessarily stars, right? Like, it's a little bit different when they bring in a Dax Hill. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone knows who he is already because he was a five-star. Rich, uh, um Rashawn Gary. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just say Rashawn Benny, Rashawn Gary. <laughs> I was getting it mixed up, but yeah. When you bring in someone that is already, you know, going to be on the national stage as a recruit, it's one thing. When you get a guy like Rod Moore, who's a three-star, it's kind of the same thing as a guy like Quiddy Pay ends up going in the first round of the NFL draft, does not get those accolades while he's at Michigan necessarily, right. but he plays a lot better than what people think. That's why I always say, it, I mean, stars do matter. I'm not mm-hmm. saying stars don't matter, but I always say you have these episodes where I'm, like, railing against the stargazers. Yeah. Because how many names can we count on at Michigan? We can say Quiddy Pay. We can say Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell was ranked, like, 1,479th in the country. Yep. The only Power 5 offer he had was Michigan. Right. Yep, and he was going to be a basketball player until yeah. they decided, hey, we're going to make you a football player. So I can go David Ojabo is another one that yeah. came, out, came out of nowhere, and, and so many. Hassan Haskins was a guy, mm-hmm. an afterthought to so many people. I think he was a two-star at one point, and it's like, okay. Uh, and then he's the guy that really helps you beat Ohio State. So mm-hmm. now you do need elite athletes, okay? Mm-hmm. Look, nobody's saying that you don't, but there is a good, such a thing as good coaching, too, where you can take some of these guys. And that's the hope with a guy like Amorian Walker, for example, a mm-hmm. cornerback who is an elite athlete. Can you coach him up into being an elite cornerback? And if anybody can, Steve Plinkscope can, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that that's the thing, too, I think, when you look at this Michigan team, it's not just the construction of the personnel, it's also the construction of the coaches. Right. I think this is the first time, and, I, I you know, there were certainly times in Jim Harbaugh's tenure you look like when his first team, you know, you, you looked at, at the group that he had, and on paper it was pretty incredible. You're like, oh, he's got, you know, Greg Jackson, he comes in from the, you know, a lot of these NFL guys. Greg right. Jackson, Jim Drevno's got that. You know NFL plus college, you know, and you look at all you know, all of the guys that they brought in. You're like, yeah, this is this is going to be good, but it, it it didn't end up necessarily working out because I think Jim just kind of didn't realize what you needed in the college level, and now you have that wonderful benefit of guys who understand the college game, that can coach the college game, can connect with guys who are more 18 to 22 right. compared to uh, dealing with a multimillionaire, you know, 32 year old, and uh, they can go out on, on on the road and recruit as well. And even though some of these things haven't worked out very well, Steve Klinkscale, for instance, obviously struck out on a lot of his big recruits. But the reason why Michigan was even in those recruitments, whereas before they wouldn't even have been in them, right. is because of Steve Klinkscale. Right. And on top of that, the NIL is making a huge difference in putting these guys behind the eight ball. There's no question about it. That's a different conversation for a different day. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can have Clayton on your podcast <laughs> to talk about that. But Mr. Uh, NIL. Yeah, Mr. But Steve Klinkscale uh, is an elite recruiter. Ron Bellamy is an elite recruiter. And that's what something Jim Harbaugh, when he got back from the NFL, kind of had to learn all over again. You know, he had all these NFL guys, and they still had aspirations maybe to get back to the league. And you still got a couple guys like that. I think Jesse Minter will be an NFL defensive coordinator, but he does his job so well mm-hmm. uh, as a coordinator uh, that – you know what, he's such an asset right now, but guys like Jay Harbaugh, uh, unbelievable recruiter. I can go right down the list. Mike Elston is one of the more prepared guys when it comes to uh, you know, identifying guys. And I'll, I'll give you an example of one of our 
subscribers had a kid that was interested in Michigan, you know, and, mm -hmm. and three days later he was on a visit because Mike Elston got word of it and he said, all right, we want this kid up here, boom, there he is. Mm -hmm. So whereas in the past, you know what, there might have been some uh, lollygagging, you know, mm -hmm. I was going to use a different word, but uh, <laughs> to get there, and, uh, and that's not the case anymore. So it's getting harder, but there's nobody... Uh, frankly, that works harder on the trail than these guys. They deserve a little bit more res uh, respect than they're getting and, and a little bit more success, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. And before we move on, I do want to give a particular, not, not shout out, but moment of recognition for Jay Harbaugh. Yes. It, it, he's he's always been a, the Michigan's at, at worst second best recruiter, mm -hmm. depending on, you know, and obviously he and Partridge back, especially in 2016, 17, 18, were very much like, you know, one's here, one's here, and they just kept on flipping back and forth. But I remember having these arguments with a lot of Michigan fans back in 2020-ish. And they were like, oh, Jay Harbaugh is an awful coach. And it's like, I don't understand where that was even coming from. You look at what he did with the tight ends, and it was phenomenal. He moves over to running backs, and I understand people wanted to see a different caliber of running back. But he elevated that position, and he also recognized as a recruiter, he went out and saw that, hey, a guy like Karan Higdon, a guy like, uh, I mean, Chris Evans, obviously. Hassan Haskins. Hassan Haskins. Yeah. And they tried, Michigan tried to keep... Here's, an, here's another inside baseball thing for you. Michigan tried to keep Hassan Haskins a secret. They found him, had basically no offers, and they even they, they told me straight up, they're like, we are trying to make sure we don't we are not going to offer this guy until we know he's ready to commit because we don't want anyone else to get wind of him. You know what else they did with Frederick Moore this year? Mm -hmm. Ron Bellamy told me Frederick Moore was vastly underrated, and we saw in the spring game. Mm -hmm. So so they're great identifiers of talent. You're right, Jay Harbaugh. We haven't even talked about his special teams impact. He's mm -hmm. elite there. Uh, fantastic. And, you know, it, it's funny because I was talking about great recruiters. I didn't even talk about Partridge or Kirk Campbell, mm -hmm. who's come in, you know, with the gloves off and, and going after guys like Bryce Underwood. So there's not a weak link on this staff, and I hate quoting Urban Meyer, but I will when he said, I cannot have a coach on my staff that is not a great recruiter. And I won't. And I think Jim Harbaugh has kind of found that out after, you know, in his ninth year here, that that's something you have to have too. Yeah, and he didn't have that. It was no. it was like three great guys and right. then the rest were all coaches. Right. All right, we're going to continue talking here in just a moment. We're going to make this awkward since I don't have a computer in front of me. Uh, and uh, we're going to tell you a little bit something about, uh, once it's up here, FanDuel, which I know a lot of you are going to be out there using. It's something that I use. Football season's about to kick off, and whether you're looking at college, you're looking at pro, it's got all kinds of options for you. FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long, because right now when you go and bet on a Super Bowl winner, don't try to bet on Michigan as a Super Bowl winner. It literally does not work. Uh, <laughs> you can get bonus bets back every time that they win in the regular season. So if you feel like the Lions are, are ready to do it, you can really, really win big there. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. You'll get bonus bets for every single victory. You can also use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and a heck of a lot more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We are here in what is now the United States of America. I know it doesn't seem like it because a lot of people were calling this Canada for a long time, but thanks to Chris Ballas and I coming up here, we in fact did conquer it. It is liberated. Uh, at least this backyard portion. Yeah, it, this, this yes. little, at least like four But you gotta start four. small. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we didn't bring any flags. Probably should have brought some flags and just staked it and, you know. And thank you to Canada Mike and his beautiful wife, uh, Dee, for hosting us. Yes, so, absolutely. And yeah. they'll, 
they'll be joining over here later at the at the tail end, and uh, you'll finally get to meet the people that we've been that I've been uh, discussing at the uh, near the end of every episode of the last week uh, in preparation for coming here for our international business trip. Yes. Business trip. Um, I don't drink, but if I could, I would be having a margarita made in my mouth. So I I do, and I've been drinking for him. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's uh. If we look a little haggard, uh, even me, if I, you know, I don't drink, but if we look a little haggard, come, You're up a little come late Monday, last night. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, let's get into a little bit more of the uh, the specifics. You look at uh, you look at this schedule. Obviously, it's not going to be necessarily a, a daunting one. Uh, certainly, Michigan gets a lot of uh, guff for that. Georgia, for whatever reason, doesn't. And they're pretty much in the same boat. Michigan doesn't really necessarily have to be on, in my opinion, until that week 11, you know, going to Penn State. But what, what, what do you, are, are there problem areas that you look at, whether it's the schedule, whether it's the team? What do you identify as something that you're kind of maybe leery about going into the year? Well, a few things. Every year there are going to be games, whether it's Georgia or Michigan or Alabama, where you're not going to play your best game and you're going to get a scare maybe that you shouldn't have. And we go through the Michigan schedule if you want to, back to when Jim Harbaugh first got here, Mm -hmm. you know, at Minnesota on October 31st on Halloween when they probably should have lost that game if Mm -hmm. Minnesota doesn't boggle it. Last year, Illinois, if not for Jake Moody, they Mm -hmm. don't beat Illinois, you know, when when Blake Corum gets hurt. So I'm looking at games at Minnesota, looking at a game at Nebraska, which is by far the best night atmosphere, and this includes Penn State with the whiteouts that I have ever experienced in a football game a couple of years ago. That You know what? I don't think that team's going to be great, but you know what? Sometimes you don't have to be great, and I will use Purdue and Iowa as examples when they just destroyed Ohio State a couple of years in a row, mm-hmm. you know, or a couple of years um, when Ohio State only had the one loss in the Big Ten. There are no guarantees, guys. Um, you know, going to Michigan State, they're going to be coming for you as bad as they may be. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be biting ankles and stuff like that, mm-hmm. as Dan Campbell would like to say, and and uh, so yeah, there's always a concern. Maryland before Ohio State, right? I, that that's my biggest yes. trap game of the year. Not yeah. even, it's not even a trap game. You got Josh Gaddis there. Yeah. For whatever reason, he has an axe to grind. Even though Michigan gave him that that shot, and, right? And he he's the one who who bailed, and Michigan would have welcomed him back, but he decided because he wasn't going to be that next head coach uh, that he was uh, he, he was going to go and was going to have some parting shots on his way out. Didn't even say bye to me. It made really hurt my feelings. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm, when I see him, I, he better not be like. He better not be like, hey, I'll be like, hey, bro, you didn't even say goodbye. Great. You didn't even say goodbye. It's me, Isaiah. Do you remember him? Mike McDonald got a NFL job. Yeah. Defensive coordinator. He said goodbye. I didn't really even know Mike. McDonald. Right. Yeah. I, I digress. Okay, it's all right. It's gonna yeah. be okay. It's just, yeah. It's just, it, hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Well, you're gonna get a chance to see him probably after the game or before, you know, with Maryland and, uh, yeah, but you know what? They got a great quarterback. They got great receivers uh, usually and. Uh, You've seen what they've done to Ohio State a couple of times, taking them to the wire before that Michigan game. Now it's you know the rules are reversed. Michigan's playing Maryland before they play Ohio State. That's a dangerous team. I still think Michigan will win. You know the, the one thing it is about these guys is the leadership is not going to allow them to overlook anybody, mm. and that's really kind of what makes you feel really good about it. And and I think one of the things I always say, they, you play great games for a reason, right? Pe- people like to always look at it. Now Georgia, Ohio State, they usually go out there and beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. Right. But it doesn't always work out that way, even for those teams that are excellent, right? We, yeah. We've seen, we saw last year Georgia went out there and struggled with a not good Mizzou team. Right. right? Ended up being, a, I believe, a bowl team around the, te- the, the yeah. right there on the precipice of it by the season's end. 
but they had to go down to the wire. Ohio State lost to a bad Iowa team. Yeah. Ohio State lost to a mediocre Purdue team. Right. It happens sometimes when teams have your number. Now, that said, you look at this Michigan schedule, I'm, I am leery of Nebraska because we don't know what Matt Rule is going to, what he's going to be like, and you know he's going to have this circled on his calendar. Of course. This is going to tell us who we are. Yep. Uh, Minnesota, I'm a little bit less leery of than I would be just because they lost so much. But, I mean, you still think about a couple years ago when Mo Ibrahim got hurt. They were still trotting out running backs out there that yeah. were still rushing for 300 yards. And they've got, like, uh, eight or nine guys on preseason All-Big Ten teams, so it's not like they don't have talent. You know, mm -hmm. P.J. Fleck can coach a little bit, as annoying as this guy might be. Mm -hmm. You know, he, Well, he's doing a leak today. Uh, he's what? He's doing, he's doing a leak today. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you just never know who it's going to be. I mean, Rutgers has given Michigan games for, you know, uh, three-quarters of games mm -hmm. here in the last two years mm -hmm. where Michigan had to pull one out a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and nobody would have predicted that. So you just never know if if, you, if you've got a, a couple of injuries and maybe, you know what, you're not feeling it that day or something like that, a couple breaks go the other team's way early in a game, then you can be in a dogfight. So, uh, you know what, and, and as far as the national pundits with the Michigan, Michigan was always playing hard teams and tougher teams uh, in the non-conference, and where did it get them? You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know what, no, nowhere. The teams that were make, playing the easier games mm -hmm. were going undefeated, and they were up there at the end of the year mm -hmm. being higher ranked. So, uh, no excuses, man, no apologies. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it, it behooves, it behooves a lot of teams to be able to just get there. Right? Yeah. Like, instead of worrying about it. That, that said, I mean, obviously we would like to see the better matchups, the better games, just from a weekly standpoint, because it'd just be more fun. Right. And I commend Alabama. Have you seen Alabama's non-conference schedule through, like, 2036? No. It is insane. Okay. I would, I, no other team is as, has been as aggressive as scheduling out. We'll see if it holds. Yeah. Right? Well, it, with all the new conference realignment and stuff like that. But, for example, next year, next year's schedule, they remember the Big Ten did a big release on it. Yeah. We're going to have to change it all over again. We're going to get another Big Ten show on the schedule for next year with Oregon and, US, or Oregon and Washington. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, things definitely change, but Alabama's got some, in, like, they do it, they, instead of having just that neutral site game. Yeah. Because, I mean, Alabama's been good about having a, usually a pretty good yeah. neutral site opponent to start off the year. They started doing home and homes. And good for them. I miss those. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be able to do more of them now that they're expanding the playoff. And you can get into a playoff with two losses. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? And I think it'll be 16 eventually is where it will land mm -hmm. for the playoffs, which is probably where it should be. And then maybe you even have a three-loss team, you know, sneak in there or something like that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of more people, I think, are, are going to be starting to play harder games. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, if, if, this is, if this is the way they're going, then yep. give us the better matchups. 100%. Yep. Don't, you know, I, I, I prefer the four-team format. I like the exclusivity. But if you're going to expand it and we're yep. going to have all this conference realignment and, and all of this, then give me the better games. Yeah. And that that means that uh, you know you can you can relegate Rutgers to playing its it, itself, and then you can have uh, you know I'd like to see Michigan, Florida State. Yeah. I'd like to see you know teams like that. Michigan, LSU. We've literally never seen it. I know. It Wouldn't literally you love to go to a game at LSU at, at oh, Baton Rouge, man. Unbelievable. I would, I would have love to have them in, up in yeah. December. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> December. Yeah. I don't want to be on the I don't want to be on the sidelines for that. No. Like, yeah, it'd be cold. Uh, but they wouldn't want to be there either, which is kind of the great exactly. part. Exactly. Um, if if you could schedule any team, yeah. if right right now you could say like home, or, and home. Yeah, home and home. Who would it be? Yeah, well Texas, and we're gonna see that. I love that. I love the fact that these the tradition rich schools. You know, I'd love to go down there. And part of it's me being selfish and wanting to see some of these venues. You know, when mm -hmm. we went out to Oregon yeah. in 2003, that was awesome. I can't wait to go to see Michigan USC. But uh, you mentioned LSU. I think that would be unbelievable. And uh, you know, I was talking to some former players who played at South Carolina in 1985, and they said it was a different 
atmosphere. They played 2001 A Space Odyssey music. They had smoke mm -hmm. coming out, and then they kicked their ass. <laughs> but, but, I'm sorry, on, uh, <laughs> on national TV. Right. And, uh, uh, but you'd love to see, the, you just to feel it, you know? Um, you know, when the Richter scale is picking up the noise mm -hmm. in, in the LSU, man, that would be unbelievable. Yeah, I'd love to see that. It's still wild that they've never played these two-story programs, yeah. and they still have never Like played. a citrus bowl or something, you would have think that it would happen. Yeah, yeah. and it just hasn't. No. All right, so we'll, we'll wrap up here in a moment with Chris Ballas and bring on the Canadians. Uh, one of them is an adopted Canadian. She was actually from Kidnapped. Florida, and she, yeah, she was stolen, trafficked over the border. Mike. Yeah, and uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. We'll also bring on Ben Pfizer, who will join us as well. Uh, but uh, before we do, I need to know, what what's your prediction for the season? How do you see the season going? Yeah, I was the only one actually in our football preview at the Wolverine that picked 11-1. and one. And just because it's so hard to go through a season undefeated, I could see them losing at Penn State. I don't think Penn State's great. And everybody's like, well, what makes you think after what they did last year? Because last year has no bearing mm. on this year. And, and A, B, every time you go up to Penn State, it's a tough game. So mm. if there were one that I was going to pick them to lose, that would be the one. So I have them going 11 and one, but still beating Ohio State, still winning a tiebreaker, going to the Big Ten championship game, winning it, and going to a playoff. I I, I still haven't put it up on my prediction. I don't think for finally what I think is going to happen. And I think I'm actually leaning to going to undefeated. I, I've yet to predict Michigan to go undefeated. Mm -hmm. I've always said exactly what you said. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard to go undefeated in the regular season. I don't think that they're gonna. They'll have some scares. I don't think that they'll have any real challenges up, up until. Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, I think those three games are going to be tough. I think Michigan State will be tough for probably a half or so. Uh, but I, this is one of the things that I said last night when we were all hanging out by the fire. Uh, a lot of these teams, or you know, or not a lot of these teams, but you look at Michigan State and you, and you see their fans saying, like, we're, we're going to go get them because of what happened last year. Listen, just because the fan base has an idea, a very faulty idea of what happened in that stadium tunnel, those players know on both sides what actually happened. Right. Michigan's going to come out and be very angry. Michigan State can try to manufacture some anger, but, I mean, Michigan's going to be legitimately angry. And talent usually wins out in the end. Yeah. So I, most of the time. Yeah, and uh, and I do think that Michigan will beat Ohio State. I, I mean, I think it's, I'm not saying that it, it's impossible for Ohio State to, to win, of course. I mean, that is the most talented on-paper team in the conference. It's one of the three most talented on paper teams in the country. Yep. But I you know, I said it going into last year's game. If Michigan wins this one, they will win the next one because it, the tides have turned and you get you get in your head a little bit. Right here. Yeah. Ryan Day, the pressure's on and you hear him talking at Media Day and he's saying, Well we did this you know, this is why we lost because we tried to do this and then, you know, we need to do this and with the same stuff I heard from one year to the next mm -hmm. and then they got their butts kicked again. So yeah. it's definitely in their heads. It's I bet they played a little bit closer to the best in this game though, without the quarter, but without a CJ Stroud out there and you see more of a traditional, you know, knockdown drag out Big Ten fight and mm -hmm. they're gonna try to match Michigan in the ground. I don't think that's beneficial for them either, frankly. It's like Zach Center said this week. Yeah. It's you know, they they can sit there and say like we're gonna do things to match Michigan, but we are already we're already ahead of them because yeah. we've already been doing it. Right. And so they have to play catch up. So it's hard to play catch up to to, to do the same thing to say we're gonna be more physical. Okay, you, you might get more physical. Right. Michigan was already more physical and they just added to it. Right. And make no mistake, Ohio State is a very, very good football team. Very capable of coming into Ann Arbor and winning if Michigan doesn't play a good game. So but the good news is, is that Michigan's playing its best games now against Ohio State, and uh, you know what? It's been a long, long time since that has happened regularly. Mm. It feels like old times, and it feels pretty darn good. Absolutely. Chris Ballas, a pleasure for joining. Anytime. Go to Wolverine.com at On3. Join join up like I have. I have, Like I said, I'm a paid subscriber. I can give you no better endorsement than that. Than I give. 
Clayton said I could I could have comped you. I'm like, I wanted to pay so I could come on here and say that I paid for it. Appreciate it. So we always appreciate the support and you know how much we appreciate you. Well thank you very much. All right. We're gonna be back with some Canadians that uh, have reluctantly become Americans thanks to uh, us coming and liberating them. Stay tuned for that in a moment. They greeted us as liberators, but one is being very reluctant. Our hosts, I know it's a, it's a different thing. This is like Big Ten Network on site. We're on site here. Uh, we have a, well, she used to be American and then she became a Canadian. And, and now as of yesterday, when Chris Ballison arrived, she is an American again. And then, hey buddy, how you doing over there? Pretty good, eh? All right, hey, good buddy. Good, thanks guy. We've got Mike Weiss and Danielle. D. Weiss here with us. You've heard me talk about the Canadians on the show over the last week, and they are here. Thank you for hosting us. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. And this is just an absolute uh, amazing soiree that you've created, and I appreciate that you let us let us come and take over your country as well. And I don't like the reluctance. <laughs> <laughs> this is my little protest shirt. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So let's. Uh, I want to. I want to actually discuss. You guys have an interesting story. Because we do. Because you were living, you know, you were living in Florida, Gainesville. Yeah, and so which is, if you don't know, which I'm sure you do, is home of the Florida Gators. But you were not a Florida Gators fan. No. You were a Michigan fan. Yes. You were in Canada. Yes. The the app formerly known as Canada, <laughs> uh, and you were a Michigan fan. Correct. Yeah. So how how did this come together? This union. I, tailgating. Michigan football uh, brought us together. A long, a long time ago. Yeah, we met each other probably eight years before we started dating mm -hmm. at a Michigan Notre Dame game. Yep. And uh, and we were both dating people at the time, and I really thought it was great that Danielle knew so much about Michigan football and was so passionate, and her sisters as well. And uh, and fast forward to the month before Michigan played Alabama in Dallas, uh, we started texting each other, and we both happened to be single, so I invited her to the game and. As a gentleman said, you can, you know, stay in your, your own bed and, you know, I'd love to have you as a guest. And uh, we just really hit it off and uh, and it wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for Michigan football and our tailgate friends and it became a pretty special thing. And now we have two kids because of Michigan football. Which, so Michigan, if you're listening to this and I hope you're not generally because I <laughs> share stuff you probably don't want me to half the time. <laughs> Uh, you owe them child support. <laughs> we would love to take it. We'd yeah. like our seat donation back. Yeah, so I, that's, I think, only fair. But it, it's interesting how Michigan brings people together. I mean, that's how I also know the two of you. Yeah. Uh, it, not to make this an entire show for On3 and the Wolverine.com, but I, I, I met you two through Chris Ballas. Correct, you know, yeah. And going to the 2021 Big Ten Championship game. And then we, we then get to go on and and uh, forge a friendship from there and talk about the, the shows we like and uh, what, what hosts we like, what hosts we don't like. <laughs> we'll keep that a secret. Yeah, we'll keep that a secret right don't now. Don't need anyone coming after me. Yeah. So who, what's, let's just get really get into it then. Like, who's the host across, so who's the writer in Michigan football you hate the most? And what is the worst secret that you have? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> well, uh, so give, you both give me your predictions. What do you think is going to happen this year? Do you, do you think, are there any games on there that you're afraid of? They follow just as closely as a, literally I do, and I'm in, I'm in the building. 
Mike, we'll start with you. How do you think this year is going to go for Michigan? I, uh, I may sound like a homer, but I do think we are going to go undefeated in the regular season. And I might as well just say straight through the season to become national championship, national champions. Uh, I think we have everything you need to be a national champion. And what would normally concern me the most would be the Maryland game. I think everybody's talking about Penn State and, the, and how good they could be. Uh, we know Ohio State. Uh, we want to go into Michigan State and really get some redemption for some of the things that happened off the field last year. But Maryland is a game that normally would concern me right before we play Ohio State. It's on the road. Um, but I think this team has the mental fortitude to not let that be overlooked. I think they learned from Illinois last year. And, and I think they go strong all year and become national champions. All right, Dee. Uh, yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of what Mike said. I agree. Um, I, I will say Penn State scares me. I think they'll handle business with Maryland. Uh, I, I think we kill Ohio State again. And uh, yeah, this is this is the year. This is the team has it. And I think we uh, I think we'll be in Houston for uh, the national championship. And yeah, just to just to jump in one more thing. If they needed any more motivation, I think what the NCAA is doing with Burgergate. Uh, <laughs> I think that just gives them that extra motivation to ride or die for their coach, for their coach to politely say, you know what, to the NCAA um, for, for coming down on something that, you know, they wouldn't do with other schools. And, uh, and so I really think we have everything going in our way. The one concern I obviously have, and I knock on wood, is injuries. Uh, but mentally, I think this team is stronger than they've ever been, and I, I don't see us losing the game. Yeah, the injuries is the only thing that I'm personally concerned about. I do think that Michigan has everything it needs to do what it wants to do. Uh, so we'll be, I'll be interested to see how that goes. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for hosting me, hosting us, hosting yes. the podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, I'll have to go and figure out if my credit card will work later since it wasn't working <laughs> earlier, because uh, I'm gonna have to get this one out of jail later. It's so. Canadian dollars. Yeah, 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 it's, dude, they, they, they call them police or they call them Mounties. That's the thing, I, I see police on everything, but I, I we, we have a little bit of both. I'm, I'm we like to confuse people. That, that's how I feel. Yeah. Is it in French, too? Uh, may we? Do, may we? Can, can I just be friendly and, like, do I need to use my car? Can I just be like, hey, just let them out, please? Yeah, I think that works. <laughs> that does work, yeah. All right. All right, we're going to be back with Ben Pfizer here in just a second. All right, we got Ben Pfizer with us. Uh, now, Ben, you have an interesting predicament, and I love your shirt, by the way. Thank you. Uh, for Thank those you. who aren't watching, you're listening, he is wearing a, a shirt that... that shows off the flag being planted in the Blocko at Ohio State and has the score underneath. Uh, but you actually live in Ohio. Yes. What is that like for you as a Michigan fan? It is, uh, it's very tough, um, you know, because you're always hearing it from all the people down there. Uh, they only like to talk about recent history. Mm -hmm. If you go back, you know, we're obviously beating them in the uh, overall record, but that doesn't count. It's only, you know, recent. Mm -hmm. So uh, very tough, yes. So, when was the last? Did you go to the game last year, or did you did, like? How did how did you even like consider going? Obviously, it's, it's hard to, to want to go to. Florida. It's always yeah. So I did not go to the game last year. I watched it with a group of friends up in Michigan. Actually, um, it's something I've been down there before for tailgating. It's not an experience that I, I just. It's something I don't want to think. I want to put my voluntarily put myself through. That's for sure. Now, do so. you, is it easier now than it was say five years ago? Much easier much easier and I feel because I feel like we're we're building some momentum and I you know it wasn't a fluke and so yeah so I I'm gaining confidence daily but I'm also maintaining you know just respect you know respect 
So, what what kind of things do you, do you, do they say to you now, Ohio State fans? When you obviously you wear Michigan like proudly on on your chest, you say it with your chest, yes. as Rich Eisen would say. Yes. Uh, what what kind of things do they say to you now? So it's funny. Uh, one of the, the the things I remember often, a former boss of mine, he's a huge Buckeye fan. He's just glad we're we're making it competitive again. So mm-hmm. I always it brings it brings great joy to me to hear that. So I feel like that is the type of thing that a sore loser kind of says <laughs> to try to to try to like you know you know it's probably not too dissimilar to the types of things that now Michigan. Let's just be fair. Michigan won the 2016 game. They just gave Ohio yeah, State right. an extra shot. But it, it is the type of thing that you know some of us would say even me in the media i had not killed my fandom at that point it still irks me to this day but it is the sounds like the thing the type of thing a sore loser would say is you know like you know what's your excuse how can you make yourself feel better and and i I don't know i'm kind of veering off but back to another thing that they would say is oh you sure you don't want to join us now and i think that's something maybe a buckeye would do as they start getting beat you know over Mm -hmm. the years but you know as a true blue michigan wolverine i you know you're always there for your team all right, I'm going to let you keep getting set up for this uh, soiree. But here in America, let's just be honest, we also an American, we might not like Ohio, even though he lives there, but it's still America. And this right here is also America. It is no longer Canada. Don't let that rat fink over there fool you. This is America. And this is an American show. It was international, but now it's local. Now it's domestic. Locked on Wolverines podcast. Thank you to Ben Pfizer. Thank you to the Weisses. Thank you to Chris Ballas. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Peace.